Crime Curious is a true crime podcast that takes an in-depth look into real cases. The content may be triggering or inappropriate for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Crime Curious. I'm Charnel. And I'm Amber. I am going to bring you today and next case uh, a really, really disgusting human being. <laughs> I'm I'm interested already. Oh, gosh. If that doesn't just draw you <laughs> yeah, in. Like, how do you nothing. say no? Well, this man and woman, actually, they're like the green crusty eye boogers that comes that seeps out of your eyeball oh, when you have pink eye that's gross oh yeah just the hard, crusty hard to shake and you know okay. easy to toss away and never think about again cuz they're just so disgusting okay yeah so we've i'm bringing you eye boogers oh <laughs> <laughs> side note always wash your pillows always wash your you know linens so I'm, we don't want to get thought you were pink say eye private up in parts here. you're right oh it, privates too please it, please everyone wash their privates yeah, so I actually have to thank one of our listeners for this uh, story. I had not heard of it. And then, of course, I read there's books. There's only a couple of podcasts out there about the case. But the book Shattered Lives, the story of Advocate Barbie by uh, Liesl Thom and Lori Peters. Um, Lori actually was an, empl- an ex-employee of the male perpetrator in this case. Oh, wow. Yeah, so great book that is uh, a big source for my case today. Also a good podcast um, called True Crime South Africa. They did, they covered this case and it was really good as well. I have heard of them. Yeah, they do a good job. Um, this, the, just to kind of set this right from the beginning, the perpetrators here are Suzanne Visser and Dirk Prinsloo. At this point, I'm going to put a little disclaimer that anything that I say about Dirk Prinsloo is from court testimony, from the book Shattered Lives, from media articles, because Dirk actually has not faced the music for these crimes as of yet, Oh, okay. whereas Suzanne has. Okay. So now, Suzanne has been convicted. So Dirk just hasn't faced his... Not yet. His conviction yet. We'll get to it. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. I also need to throw out there from the beginning that this case comes with trigger warnings for child sexual abuse from both of the perpetrators as well. Oh, no. And so if that is not your bag, I will not get into really bad detail things, but... Okay. Uh, but just, just so, know so that that's a part of it. So this is where we can exit stage left, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We Have a great day. Um, <laughs> I'll finish. Catch you later. Finish these next two hours by myself. Solo. Yep. I'm used I'll to playing in. by myself. I'll pop in and che- check, check in. Check in on me. Thanks. But yeah. I'll be upstairs, you right. know, baking treats. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, Thanks. you know, these are hard for me. They, they really are. And like I said, I'm not going to, for the sake of the victims, I won't go too detailed but i'm going to give enough just to so you know what horrible people what they horrible were people Suzanne Visser and Dirk Prinsloo really are now i'm also going to throw out there that the court of public opinion is very divided on this case there are many many supporters for Suzanne Visser 
claiming that she was actually another victim of Dirk Prinsloo, just as the children in this case. Um, I'm going to give you both sides. This is one of those cases where I'm going to tell you the facts of it and you decide if you believe her defense or if you're going to have some questions based on some of the choices that she made that she could have chosen differently. Okay? Okay. So let's actually, I'm, I'm a little back and forth. I think now by the end of all this research, and I've done tons of research on it, I think I know where I land. But Amber, there's sometimes you raise questions during this podcast that make me change my mind, you know, give me a light that I hadn't really shed on a case before too. So maybe I'll kind of flip flop. We'll, we'll see. All right. And we just want to say we don't, we're not a podcast that's a hundred percent about, you know, splitting things into different parts, but sometimes we get really, really wrapped up into cases and do so much research on it that we have to split it up both for timing for our recording time. And also for just the sheer amount of work that goes into uh, researching and writing a case. So this is going to be a two-parter. I know we just did one last week and you have another one coming up yeah, as well. Next week but is a two-parter as well. This is, this is how you get good, deep research, guys. And so it just, when we get really involved in a case, that means that it's taking up other time that we would have spent on another case so like it just it is what it is we hope you're okay with that we like to give you as much information as we can also let us know like if you like the two parts i know some people really enjoy them yeah. our patreons you know. love them because they get both parts right away right right but you know if i i get it i it never bothers me when a, a podcast breaks things up into different parts because i enjoy the extra content and if you're listening anyway each you know each mm-hmm. time it's like it's just another episode right right you know? so we hope it doesn't piss you guys off just understand that with each case that we research there's the time that it takes to research to then write the case so that you know in our notes and then get the studio time to record it as well so um so that's why we do that because sometimes we just have to break them up for time's sake but all right let's begin by talking about Suzanne Vissar. All right, let's do it. Okay. Suzanne was born to her parents, Johan and Susan. Suzanne. So it's a little confusing. Suzanne and, and Suzanne. Suzanne. Yes. Yep. Uh, Vissar. And we will, I will try to just differentiate any time that I'm talking about her mom. Thank so you for you clarifying because I keep wanting to be like, it's Suzanne yeah. Charnel. Yep, exactly. <laughs> no, mom's name was Suzanne. Suzanne. Okay. And she is Suzanne. And this is a South African case as well. There were even some articles that I had to like translate <laughs> from different languages. Oh, wow. Too, that were really good. So um, now Johan and Suzanne were forced to marry due to their own parents' very strict religious beliefs when Suzanne became pregnant her first year of college with Suzanne. Okay. And the two had been childhood sweethearts. Johan and Suzanne were high school sweethearts. They went to college. They were still together in college, got pregnant. Now, I will say that Suzanne was not happy about being pregnant. Obviously, probably not happy about being forced to marry Johan, even though they were together in a couple. Still, being Being forced forced to do anything is not good. And... The problem is, is that 
her mom, Suzanne's mom, really did not hide the fact from her that she was an accident. Okay. Uh. And there are a lot of interviews that Suzanne gives later on in life that indicate that she knew that she wasn't planned. She knew that her mom and dad were forced to marry because of, of her and that this did have a strong impact on her emotionally, on her behaviors, all these things growing up. I'm sure. After Suzanne was born to Johan and her mother, the marriage started to deteriorate pretty quickly and there was a lot of domestic violence. Now, Suzanne never actually witnessed her father being violent with her mother, but she did see the marks, the bruises, and also the way that her mom would placate her dad, would do anything for her dad to avoid his anger outbursts, all right? So she saw this growing up, and she kind of understood this unspoken thing of, if you don't listen to your husband and you don't do what your husband wants you to do, you get your ass beat. Uh, that's very unfortunate. It is. It is. Um, Suzanne, in school, was extremely smart. She really, really excelled academically. She was described as being quiet and just kind of kept to herself. She was actually even described as being gentle. She had one boyfriend in high school that one article actually said her mom was actually quoted saying that she never dated in high school, but Suzanne actually had a rebuttal to this to say, no, I did have one boyfriend in high school. Now, when all of this stuff in South Africa hit the media shitstorm, there were high school people that were interviewed. And this 14-year-old boy did say, like, yeah, when we were in ninth grade, we were boyfriend and girlfriend, but she got really, really serious really fast, and it scared him away. I mean, he's 14. And so he pieced the, the F out of there, and she didn't <laughs> have like, any I'm boyfriend. not doing this. Right, okay. right, right, right. Like, slow down. I wanted to hold hands. We're not getting married. Right. Or suck face. That's probably more like oh, it. Yeah. For yeah. Uh, a teenage boy. Look at how gentle I was being. <laughs> a, a teenage boy wanted to hold, hold hands. hands. No. <laughs> No, he wanted to suck face and make it to second base. Yeah, she wanted to get married. Our, <laughs> so, our kids want to hold hands. That's, like, that's my teenage so, boys. Yeah, that's but all other, they other teenagers do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. possibly want more. I don't know. Right. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Suzanne and her family moved around a lot in her childhood because Johan, her dad, actually worked for the Central Intelligence Agency. So they weren't in the same place for very long, which I'm sure impacted her ability to make actual lasting friends, you know. Mm -hmm. And her parents ended up getting divorced, but then they got back together and remarried. So that in itself can be, it does, time and time again, (laughs) I've heard of this happening. Um, And this all happened in her childhood. So it is impressive that given all of those sorts of things that she saw between the domestic violence and the turmoil of her parents divorcing and then getting back together, she actually was a prefect in school. So she did very, very well. She was head girl. All those things that over here in the United States we we don't do and have no idea, but it I was sounds say, fancy. I don't understand. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry to say that the only thing that I know about head boy or girl and being a prefect comes from Harry Potter. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Probably. Yep, yep. That would Don't be... know how that translates, but that's the only time I've actually heard of that. So I, was say, I got caught cheating a couple times in school and I was just trying to get by. Oh. So I can't relate to anything so like that. So you head. weren't head girl? Was not head girl. Okay. Also good. I'm glad you weren't given the title in <laughs> high school. Girl. Head girl. <laughs> I was doing something right. I mean. <laughs> right. I made it out with that without that nickname. Because so. trust me, I know a couple that I went to school with who definitely have that name. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh. So I will tell you that speaking of this time in her life, Suzanne says that she was a virgin all through high school, all through college, and still all the way up to the age of 24. Okay. Okay. We have no real way of knowing. I don't think anyone was checking for a hymen, but I'm I just hope saying. Not. <laughs> this is what she is claiming. So we have that. That's, that's what we have word. to go on. Yep. But interestingly enough, there are people who have spoken out since then that show that okay, she may have been a virgin, but she was not adverse to throwing herself out there because um, Suzanne actually went to law school. She ended up with two different degrees. She was very intelligent. And this case, now that I've told you she went to law school, I will let you know that this case was dubbed Advocate Barbie because in South Africa, lawyers are called advocates. So uh, that's my understanding. Don't at me if that's wrong, but that's what I was reading in the book. <laughs> so I no. was translating it as an advocate, meaning a lawyer. Okay. Because they are, they are lawyers. Where does the... Barbie part come in, or are you going to get oh, to that? Oh, we'll get to it. Okay, gotcha. Oh, Jesus, will we get to it <laughs> too right. much. Okay. Yes. At 24, though, she was given a mentor, and he was an older, much older man, and he was recently separated from his wife, and she came on to him so strongly that he stepped away from wow. being her mentor and was very uncomfortable with the situation. How do you get so, a designated mentor? Because I could have used one in my it, early 20s. It was part of her law schooling. Oh, okay. Yeah, that she gotcha. was given. Um, oh, for school. I thought yeah. you meant like a life mentor. No. <laughs> I mean. um, honey, I'm, you're looking at your life mentor. <laughs> Come on. Yes, you're right. I've gotten right. you this far. <laughs> All right, so, yeah, so that older gentleman did come forward and was like, yeah, I I had to stop being her mentor because of the way that she came on to me. Well, next what happens is she sat for the bar exam. She's got her law degrees, and she takes the bar exam, and for the first time in her life, she fails at something. Oh. She did not pass. So she goes and gets a job at a place that was known in South Africa as the Rogue Bar. It but its legal name is the Independent Bar of South Africa. Okay. It is run by advocate Dirk Prinsloo. Dirk was a lawyer, although his colleagues were literally quoted calling him the stain on the name of the law profession. Oh, so he was dirty. He was the shit streak. <laughs> that's the stain they're referring that to. That is. It's got to be. When they say stain on the name of law profession, it means in their underwear. Mm-hmm. Whitey the tidies. Mark. The skid mark right there. The brown barrier. The I didn't wipe thoroughly. That's and right. Yep. This is what happens. Always do a second wipe, sometimes third. It a, just depends. A third or fourth doesn't hurt nope. anyone. Nope. So. Exactly. So he was known to be sleazy then. 
Oh, God. Right away. We'll get to it, honey. Okay. Honey. Honey. <laughs> Sleazy is too classy of a word. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So. Skid mark it is. Skid. Crusty. Igu. Skid mark. <laughs> that's just, that's just gross. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, Dirk Prinsloo had a private practice, and he lived the high life with an extravagant house that he called an I don't even mean like he called it to people. I'm saying he had an actual engraved thing over his driveway because oh, it was it was gated. Like you had to have an appointment to come mm. to this man's house. Okay. The name of his home was Inner Circle Castle. Oh, wow. And that was on his gate? like Yes, ma'am. Oh. Inner Circle wow. Castle. Okay. That's, this oh. is, we're just, I'm just giving you the tip. You wait for the rest. <laughs> Okay. I don't know if I want to take the rest. I don't think you can handle the rest. No. All right. So he was an extremely private person. You were not to come to his home or office without an appointment. As a matter of fact, he once broke a secretary's table for letting a judge, like a head judge, into the home to meet with him when he didn't have an appointment. Oh, wow. so we have a really big ego. Um, His ego is much larger than the rest of him, because is he a small man? He is a weasley little man. Why am I not surprised? I know. I'm not. Uh, I can't say anything against small men. My husband no, is no, not no. a large yeah. man. But God dang it! Every time that we have these narcissistic, controlling, egotistical little men, Phil. Just, reminds me of uh, Phil Spector. Yes, like the little. Just, uh, yeah, okay. It's grotesque. Also, we're probably hurting his feelings because once a reporter called him unkept and overweight, and he wrote her a letter to let her know just how much that hurt his oh, feelings. You might get a letter. We might. Sorry. Sorry, poop stain Igu. He, Dirk, if you care to know, grew up with two older or two brothers. Uh, he had a close relationship with his father. We don't even know about his mother. And I think it's possible it was because he was actually hatched from an entire vine of evil. I don't think he had a mom. I don't think he came onto this earth like the rest like of us did. Satan's nest of yes, of hatchlings. Of, of I picture them to look like Brussels sprouts, but just like with goo. Slimy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. How do we <laughs> both like know moving that they're yes. in the nest, yep. like slimy? That's just yep. how he was birthed. So it doesn't surprise me that we don't know a lot about his mom because I'm not convinced he really had one. Uh, him and his father had a very close relationship, though. I just want to commend you on painting a horrible picture of this man. I'm trying so hard. Picture the troll from Ernest Scared Stupid. Oh. If you've ever seen it. Oh, Ernest was my... By the time we're done with this, you're going to be like, I would kiss the troll from Ernest before I would kiss Dirk Prince. Okay, good to know. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Ernest. He was a staple of my childhood. Mine too. Gosh, those were the good old days. They were. Now, Dirk in school did well academically, but, and this is my favorite part of the whole case... No one remembers him. Oh, wow. He was totally and completely okay. unforgettable. So that's where the er, ego. Forgettable. Excuse me. That's where the importance comes in afterwards. I of like, so. I am I am special. I am someone, damn okay. it. So in school he wasn't, though. Nobody. No. People are like, oh, did he go to that school? This school? That's weird. I don't remember him at all. 
After his crimes came to light, the media attempted to contact his high school friends, and no one had any idea. Wow. Yeah. So. That's got to be hard for someone that thinks they're really special really, later in really life. Really, really important when really you're just the crust in the corner of someone's eye that you flick away in the morning and never think about for the rest of the day. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. him. In college, his acqu- he did have some acquaintances, but they were like, well, yeah. Some of them described him as a nice man. Others described him as pretty much like I've already described him. It's kind of a... So you're not alone oh, in no. describing him in these ways. No, 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 not at all. It just depended on what side of Dirk Prinsloo the person encountered. Because some said he was like the nicest man they ever met. But it's obvious that they didn't encounter the same Dirk as many other people did. So he had a very high um, IQ, but as the podcast, the South African podcast I listened to um, said, it pointed out he had a very low EQ. Okay, so he actually was fired once from a job as a prosecutor for literally attacking a woman in court. Oh. He was the prosecutor and attacked a woman. Dirk Prinsloo does not like women. He likes to womanize them. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't actually w- like women. Might come from some sort of repressed, in, you know, the feelings on his own mother that hatched him. I'm not sure. Mother but Satan. Yes, yes. Satan's mistress yes. that helped. Hatched to the eggs. Yep. Helped bring him forth. But he was a bully towards women. And he had a terrible, terrible problem with his anger. Dirk thinks of himself in much higher regard than the rest of the world. And this was even before his crimes were brought to light, when he was uh, fired from his prosecution job after physically attacking a woman in court, he decided that he was going to make business cards that were indestructible so that no one could lose them, okay? And he laminated his resume. What? Yes. Notes, indestructible cards for shirts and sugar. Right, right. Yes, our next business adventure. Indestructible. Cards of stone. People can't even light it on fire to make it go away. (laughs) They will never leave you. Yep. Yep. Guys. Wow. He really had a, like, grandiose, I'm really special. He still does. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, He also lived very paranoid. He always thought that the government, police, other entities of authority were after him, which, I mean, now they really are. Uh, but at this time, we're we're in a time of the early 2000s, 2001, 2002 circa era. Okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. So at this point in time, that's when this case takes place initially. And he thinks that all of these entities are after him simply because he is fighting for people's rights, Amber. So naturally, the government's after him for doing that. In the book Shattered Lives, the story of Advocate Barbie by Liesl Thumb and Lori Peters, as I'd mentioned earlier, Lori was a former PA for Dirk. And she points out in that book that for someone who was a successful lawyer, he did not seem to have clients that were local. His clients were all prominent foreigners who were trying to obtain visas into the country. Interesting. So, and he he has a very impressive house, lived a very impressive lifestyle. So, it's obvious that he was 
and, and I think part of his paranoia, I don't know that everything that he was doing for these prominent foreigners, although he was charging them good money for his services, that it was necessarily all on the up and up. That's just my opinion Mm -hmm. to have been so paranoid all the time. Yeah, you raise a Um, good point. Also in a sick, sick twist, he would also represent people who were accused of sex crimes against children that were trying to get off on of the charges. Oh, okay. He was the epitome of a, a skeezy defense attorney. And although he was making bank, being a sleazy sure. attorney. Um, when Cezanne joined the rogue bar, Dirk was in the middle of a nasty divorce from his wife, Elsie. Lori talks in the book Shattered Lives about seeing a photo of Elsie and how she was beautiful. And he like, she, Lori mentioned to Dirk, like, man, she is really beautiful. She looks just like Faith Hill. And Dirk tells her that when he met her, she did not look anything like that. And he quoted saying, I made her into that. I hope people could feel my eye roll vibes as I was just slapped me with that eye roll. As a matter of fact, Um, I just I could tell that's where you were going that it was because of him. It was because of him. He made her into Faith Hill. Into Faith Hill. Mm Hmm. And then let me tell you, this is some foreshadowing shit right here, guys. When you asked about the Barbie, this is a part of it. I'm sure you're not surprised to learn that Suzanne and Dirk took a liking to one another immediately. Suzanne is a 24-year-old virgin, allegedly. She's very young and naive. Dirk is eight years older than she is. And he decided to have, shortly after she started working at the Rogue Bar, he decided to have a party at his house, and he invited her and a couple others from the Rogue Bar to come over. Dirk gave Suzanne a private tour. Now, of course, at this point in time, Suzanne is still living at home with her parents. She's 24, living at home with her parents who lived in a very, you know, middle-class, modern-type house. So his home is lavish. She is, of course, impressed by what she's seeing. And not only that, but Dirk is looking at her exactly like a lion would look at his next meal. But she is too young to recognize a predator when she sees one. And she takes this look of, I would like to devour you, as affection. And she is so impressed that a man like Dirk, a successful, rich lawyer, would choose her, would have eyes for her. Right after meeting and attending this party at his house, Dirk starts making declarations of love for Suzanne. The podcast that I mentioned earlier, South True Crime South Africa, the host talked about, and, and there's just no other way to put this. It's so perfect. Jerk started love bombing Suzanne, and that is a hundred percent true. If you've ever experienced love bombing, at the time that it's happening to you, it feels good, but it is fast. It is a t- intense. It is a hardcore attention, affection, declarations of love. We're talking days after meeting. Mm-hmm. Okay, like love bombing hits hard, and it feels really nice, but it's hard to recognize that that's what's happening. And, of course, very soon after meeting Dirk, he starts coming on to Suzanne strongly with sexual explicit suggestions. This also has a very narcissistic undertone to it. Textbook. Yeah. Just very textbook. So textbook. Now, Suzanne claimed that she told Dirk that she was a virgin and did not really know what he was doing. And at this point in time forward, just be prepared for some 
gross talk and shocking things. I'm going to talk about porn a lot. I'm going to talk about um, oral sex a lot, things like that. So just just be forewarned, guys, because it gets nasty up in here. Okay. Um, I saw you clench your chair. Okay. okay. Um, he, Suzanne claimed that when she told him that she was a virgin, doesn't really know what she's doing, he immediately pops a porn in. And told her to perform oral sex on him like the girl was doing in the video. Like, oh, so he's, watch he's a see. teacher, too. Uh, he wears many hats. Can you imagine if you legit had no experience sexually mm-hmm. and this creepy little man is just like, oh, here, I'll put this on for you. Pops a hardcore learn. porn video because you need to know. The none, acting is painful enough. It is. For anyone. None of the porn that this man owns, and it is more impressive than that one brain bath that we covered. Oh, the $40,000 worth. Yeah. No, this guy, that Dirk's porn collection puts that guy to shame. Wow. Okay. It's everywhere. Ew. Everywhere. So he pops in, in like I said, you know it's not soft corn corn. <laughs> that <laughs> took soft a- Soft corn porn. Took a different direction, didn't it? Soft core porn. This is the hard shit, oh. the gross stuff, the human trafficking things. There's there's pornography with children in it, that sort of thing. So me no likey him. I, no, no, it's so gross. I told you he was hatched. <laughs> he was. She claimed that okay, he popped this porn in. Told, said just you know watch and see, just mimic, do what she's doing. So she did. So her first sexual encounter is a blowjob. Now, she later claimed that because of how she grew up, you just did what your man what tells you to do. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Which is a perfect prey for a narcissistic person. Of course. Because they need you to feed into their mm-hmm. ego. So and they what know a perfect they dance. Can, yeah, they know who they can prey on. Yeah, they so sure do. Good. So more on this Krusty Creeps home is that... He has pornography magazines everywhere on his end tables. They're open. They're just open on his end tables. He has sex toys lying out and about to be used at any given time. So the way that I like scatter candles throughout my house, there's just like... Tchotchkes and candles. He's got dildos dildos. and whips. Yep. Oh my gosh. Where you would have a cookbook, he would have a pornography magazine. Uh... Full um, spread, yes. so to, so to say. Yes, absolutely. Just on the coffee table. Just right out there. The other creepy thing is that he knew exactly where every one of those magazines were. If you moved them, he would know. He knew what pages they were open to. Ew. His poor housekeeper, which for some unknown reason, no one knows why, he was able to keep the same housekeeper. This woman had tolerance. He oh must have gosh. paid her well. He must have. Can you imagine you're like dusting and there's a cream pie mm-hmm. just open? Right. But you're, you're just so like dusting right. and you look over and it's yep. just like and a there, facial. There's the, yep. Oh. Just getting tea bagged. Yep. Right no there. big deal. Nope. Let me move this and, and polish. Some poor girl getting the shocker. Yeah. That's just what is open on his table and she, casually she made the mistake once of moving it all trying to put it away and move it oh, all he didn't like that he lost his shit and like broke stuff like he was oh my god horribly gosh. aggressive this guy is too much yeah he's too oh, much and then this is again we're still just at the tip wait I, till i get to the shaft i love how also like who comes over for these parties who thought this was reasonable well 
we will he doesn't keep employees long amber okay because he runs like his office is out of inner circle castle so his employees his pas see this at his house Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. You're understanding why anyone who has visited him then calls him the stain I do. on the name of the law profession. I feel so cringy already. Like it's so I, cringy. I need to take a shower right now. Just know that everyone's face will hurt from being scrunched up and cringed after As hearing mine looks right these now. episodes. Yeah. It's yep. going to be permanently stuck this way. When we do a photo, I'm going to be like, still left over from Advocate Barbie. I'm curious. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, it's so He's true. gross. I was about to say we'll all need facials after this, but then no. once we were <laughs> no. talking about nope. the porn, yeah. that takes we a different twist. We can't ever go there again. Nope. Sorry. He had was described as having an as insatiable sexual appetite. I would say so. Yeah. Doesn't it lose its appeal after so long? I would How think so. How can you just constantly shove it down people's throats and still, I should choose different words. How can you be so exposed to it all the time? Acting still, like it's just a part of And the, then still get off on it. Yeah. Like, that's so weird to me. But anyway, it did not bother Suzanne because very soon after meeting Dirk, she goes ahead and moves in with him. Wow. Her parents, her very conservative parents, are not okay with this. I would think at not. All. Which is ironic, and they did point it out in the South Africa podcast, and I was like, yep, that's exactly what I was thinking too. It's ironic that her conservative parents are upset about her doing this, but it's totally okay for her dad to beat her mom on the reg. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyway. Suzanne is heavily involved in this whirlwind romance. She's never experienced this kind of adoration before. According to her, the first time that they engage in sexual intercourse, Dirk was brutal. He did not take care of the fact that she was a virgin, but she just grinned and bared it and stroked his ego by telling him how amazing it was. Again, these are her words, and it did come out during her defense but she was also casting blame on how she was raised. Like, this is how my mom did it, so this is what I did. Okay. Do I believe that their first encounter was brutal? Absolutely. I do. I, I would have even guessed that before. Like, yep. I mean. Even if she hadn't have been a virgin, it was brutal. Yeah. You it's, know, I, people to him are a conquest. Mm-hmm. A, it's about the conquer. It's about the power. Yep. Yep. Now. Part of Dirk's love bombing included a promise to Suzanne that he was going to make her an international model. She was going to be famous for her looks and her body. Oh, here we go. Oh, here we go. Strap in. Her, he convinced her to stop doing work as a lawyer so that she could focus on her modeling career and only rely on him for her financial needs. And then was he like, you know what you could use? A nice full set. Amber, can you see my notes? Because it says, <laughs> very quickly, Dirk pays for Suzanne to have not one, not two, but three breast enlargements. Ah, uh, gosh, it's like I can read the future here. It's like you can read the book of narcissism. Yeah, <laughs> I can. We should write that book, actually. We, we should. The actually. book of narcissism. Copyright. <laughs> <laughs> no one's stealing it. They took her. From a B cup to a double E. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
That's usually the first thing that men. That, oh, like, I shouldn't even say that. Yeah, you know what? If you're gonna be a model, you gotta have a yeah. perky pair. Well, not just a perky pair, but like Mount Everest perky. And I'm sure. I mean, a guy like this that is all about the power and controls, everything sexualized. Like that's one of the first things. Everything's that gonna be over the gonna top. It's gonna be like we need a, a big set of uh, knockers. Right. right. Yep, so. exactly. What's weird, though, is in court, Suzanne actually disputed this and was like, I only remember two breast enlargements. Well, she I, lost track of them. She was like, I thought one of them was a reduction. Well, really what was happening, Dirk was arranging them. He was paying for it. And the doctor wasn't just going in and removing one implant and then putting a new bigger implant in. He was just piling implant <gasps> on top of implant. What? And her breasts were very deformed. And oh. actually, in Shattered Lives, Lori talks about how she noticed really rapidly, like, her breasts didn't look right. I'm picturing something it's, not appealing. It's oblong and bumpy. I mean, it's just not. Wow. That is really like disturbing that they would do that. Well, I wonder if it was like, a, see, Dirk doesn't like to part with his money. Okay, oh, so it's like I wonder if it was a cost savings thing. Like, no, no, don't just remove. throw one in there. Yep. Throw another just one. Put in another there. one. Yeah, in three different surgeries. It was like this is just crazy to me. Oh my gosh. Yep. So people were noticing, obviously, that right after, right after meeting this guy, like now all of a sudden she's got these ridiculously large breasts. They're disfigured looking. Um, so she got tattoos. What do you think the first tattoo was? Something to do with him. His name. Uh, it was absolutely his name right above her bikini line. Wouldn't you know mm-hmm. it? She had fat removed from her ass cheeks and injected into her lips, so she was literally kissing her own ass. Oh, my God. She was just like his his project of. Completely. Like, completely. She was giving Heron's. Uh, she was given hair extensions, and her brown hair was heavily bleached blonde. And I think you can start to see where the press would eventually start dubbing her advocate. I do see now where this is coming from. Dirk would make her go to the gym with him twice a day, six days a week. And she was trained by Dirk himself. Of course she was. He pushed her to the point of nearly passing out. There were many people from the gym that came forward and said that. Like, she did not look well. And he <laughs> What was, I'm picturing is not yep, appealing. And he was still pushing her. Yep. Some of Dirk's secretaries came forward and said that they often saw Suzanne standing on a chair, butt naked, while Dirk was rubbing anti-cellulite cream on her butt and thighs for hours each day. Oh my God. I will say this. I don't know how bad this is going to get, but in this moment, I feel bad that she never learned the skills to value herself and just allowed this piece of shit to Mm -hmm. mold her into whatever he wanted. I think that she very much got wrapped up in the lavish lifestyle and the fact that he's promising her, I have connections and he looks like he has connections. He's got money, right? I'm going to make you famous. She wanted to be the model. Yeah. Yeah. And this is how you do it. The modifications don't sound like they were good moves. It wasn't, moves. Good. It wasn't um, good. Have you, did you ever, back in the day, there was that cartoon, Aqua Teen Hunger Force? It was a burger, a fry, and a shake. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, well, long story short, shake gets plastic surgery <laughs> and looks 
horrid like just a mutated and I'm picturing like it's not good yeah okay I'm just picturing something not good please if you've heard of that show please let me know please let her know it was so funny back in the day you and I are usually on the same level of things and I feel like that you just escalated to a place in outer space that I haven't went (laughs) I like to throw you know random stuff in there of course he did make her start wearing contact lenses that had to change her eye color because not even her eye color is okay. Oh my gosh. She had a nose job and she had many piercing piercings, including in her genitals, Amber. Oh God. Yeah. And these were all Which for if, his if, request. If people are into that and you're strong enough to do that, that's great. But to be forced to do it because some guy wants it for his sexual pleasure and thinks it's going to make you more of a a model, which I don't feel like he was making her a model. I feel like he was purposely trying to make her into a porn star. No, this is just, my gosh. I know. So her genitals are pierced. Her eye color isn't even the same. Her hair color. She's got the extensions, everything. He's just if completely. This, if this wasn't 2001 at this point in time, um, I'd say she would be going and getting the lash extensions and the tattooed on eyebrows. Yes. You know, I'm sure she was wearing fake uh, eyelashes, but they didn't have the extensions back then. Right. But the clothes <laughs> that she started wearing, if we can even constitute them as clothing were barely there she was forced to wear an extra small when she was actually a size medium i'm shocked everything was see-through they once went to a mall and she was wearing dirk went into um like an adult store Uh uh-huh and bought her one of those those see-through dresses that are basically just holes with a little bit of fabric to hold all the holes together (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. Yes. Um, Well, he made her put that on and walk through the mall. So here she is walking through a mall, which has children, of course. Yeah. Is is like a family atmosphere place. And she is wearing no, nothing, nothing, but this holy fish netted. Okay. Now in court, she claimed that she was forced to wear these things. Okay. She... Um. I wouldn't be surprised if that was, you know, true, but... Well, we'll get to that in a second. Suzanne claimed that she made Dirk elaborate meals every night, but was never allowed to eat them because she had to have a meal replacement shake instead. Now, I see this face you're giving me. Let me let me kind of throw it back a little bit that Lori, from the book, and was a PA of Dirk, said she did witness some concerning things, it, but she knows what she said about how she had to, in court, how she had to make these elaborate meals. Lori questioned this a little bit because she's like, mm, I know the housekeeper made meals ahead of time for Dirk. And also, I had them over for dinner. They both ate a plate of food totally normally. And Lori's mom asked, you know, like held her plate up for seconds, a second helping. And so so did Suzanne. And Dirk gave Suzanne a horrific look. And she dropped her plate. Oh. So Lori's like, okay, I had like, but she did get to eat. You know, she wasn't, it wasn't forced only to. only shakes. Yes. And yeah. But she did eat. So, and, and she was questioning the whole, you had to make him elaborate meals, but yet the housekeeper actually made him meals. Right. So there's, yeah, there's Maybe some back and forth. I told you, we're going to have some back and forth on some of this stuff. You know, this kind of reminds me a little bit. I started watching that, um, 
the secrets of Playboy documentary. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of that, like, controlling what, I mean, they had to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. They had to be a certain size. And mm-hmm. it just reminds me of that. Yeah, I really, really struggle with with those things completely. And it was, it was around the same time, too. Right. Like, this was yep. a thing. It was. Now, the other thing that Lori was questioning about the testimony from Suzanne that Dirk made her wear those clothes is that she recalled a conversation with Suzanne about how she talked about how when men looked at her and lusted after her and women stared at her, it gave her the greatest high that she was addicted to. She loved feeling the attention, loved feeling lusted after. So there, you know, Lori was kind of playing devil's advocate like, to you weren't that all as well. the victim mm-hmm. in this. Right. Like you enjoyed some of the yes. is basically what she's saying, right? Yep. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay. I do think that's what Lori is like because Lori and Suzanne were friends. And she confided in her a lot about the way Dirk was treating her. And there were many times where Lori was trying to help Suzanne get away from Dirk. And she could have. And so we'll we'll get to to more of it in a minute, but Still, there were some things where she's in court, like, nope, I didn't want to wear that stuff. And Lori's like, uh, but actually. yet, you really did love the attention. You you actually vocalized that it was a high that you can't get anywhere else, yeah. that you were addicted to. Yeah. So, now shit's going to get real weird. Okay. So. As if it hasn't already. Nope, I'm telling you. Now we're, we're moving down from the tip. Okay. We're starting to work our way down. Working okay. our way down. I might need uh, booze for this. I don't know. I know. Part two, you're yeah. really going to need okay, booze so for I will get some. We will get some. Uh, let's talk about how Dirk had a constant sexual appetite. All right. The thing is, is that in his opinion, it was Suzanne's responsibility to take care of his constant need for sexual gratification at any time at all. So he was like, I need a break from watching it on all of my TVs around and and seeing it mm-hmm. on all of the coffee tables. So now I want the real. I sent one email. That was hard work. So yeah, Suzanne, I deserve. come here. He had no boundaries. Suzanne was to give him a blowjob anytime that he wanted and in front of anyone. Oh, my gosh. He went through PA's employees every week. Because they would quit after having to watch Suzanne give Dirk a blowy several times a day in front of them while they were working. Oh, my God. He would literally unzip his pants, push her head down to his crotch, and she went to work. The early 2000s were such a gross time. <sighs> I mean, there were good things. We were things, in high school. It was such a gross time. This wasn't happening to me, thank God. But can you me look, neither. Can Let you me clarify. But I just feel like those the uh, the sexualized but in front of people like this. It's she literally was his object. Like you will do yes. what I say. You'll look how I want you to look. Yep, yep. You are here for my pleasure and my pleasure only. That's it. That's all you're good for. Ugh. Yep. Stop being an intelligent lawyer, and just start being my my doll. And, and like I said, that Playboy. Vibe yep. too of yep. like you will be sexualized, mm-hmm. you will be only for you will sexual. be a size zero yeah. with size double e breasts, as if that even makes sense. Yeah, yep. How humiliating to have to do that! I Just like, would oh, think. Oh, right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Up, oh, my pants. Daddy, are Daddy needs a blowjob. Yep. Pants are unzipped. I'm on the clock, down. so make it quick. Right. 
Uh, This guy is so gross. Could you imagine being your first day on the job and you look over and all of a sudden this woman is just giving your boss head and you have to just pretend like it's not happening and finish your your shift. Yeah, your emails and phone calls and writing up dispositions and all those I things. I cannot imagine how freaking awkward oh. that was. Oh, so bad. Plus, they're in the home where there's porn everywhere. I mean, as if that's not <laughs> right. weird enough. Right. They worked in his home in Inner Circle, like I said. During the interview with the PAs, one of the interview questions was, how do you feel about porn? Wow. An interview question. That which, determined if they were going to be considered? Well... I don't know. I think he was more so just testing them out to see, like, hey, are they going to see this all? Because, you know, they did the work in his house. Are they going to see it and run? Or, you know, some of them put up with it for a bit, but it was then the constant blowjobs in front of them that made them quit. The other thing, (laughs) this is so gross. She called him my God, and he called her princess. Oh my God, this is, I don't think I've ever cringed so much in one sitting. It's a hard cringe. Uh, Until when his love bombing phase was over, the nickname changed from princess to slut. Oh, what a surprise. Mm -hmm. I am so shocked right now. She'd even write him letters and emails and sign it, your slut. Even your computer is getting pissed off. I know, my computer is not having this. I know, it's making some strange noises. This is bullshit. Yes. Suzanne said that this was because Dirk was mocking her her religious beliefs and that he did not think that she should worship anyone but him. So that's why he wanted to be called my God. I, the level, I, I, oh my God, the The, level of this guy's narcissism. It's just off the charts. It is. I mean, I think it's almost above and beyond the actual textbook about it. It is. It's aggressive. It is like aggressively narcissistic. Well, her parents were not okay with what was happening with their daughter because obviously they can see the physical changes. Now, at this time, you you don't say. No kidding. I'm sorry. Are those two boulders in your bra? (laughs) Seriously, they are so over the top. It's too bad. It is. It's so unfortunate. Now, at this time, her parents are actually about to be divorced for a second time, but they came back together in an attempt to get her away from Dirk. Oh, wow. So you want to know how Dirk responded? I do. Had Suzanne file a PPO against them? Of course. So if you don't know what a PPO is, it's a personal protection order so that she can't have contact with her parents. Isolation. We've got isolation and we've got financial You are not going to get in the way of me controlling your daughter. So now she has no control over her own finances and she has no support system. With the exception of she, when Lori starts working for Dirk, they become friends. There are a couple other, the thing about Dirk and Suzanne is that also is that they are swingers. They do have couples. I actually was going to, to add in earlier, like I... Was assuming he wasn't committed to her no. in any way. Here's the thing, and it's in my notes later, so I'll just skip over it later when I come to it. But um, Dirk enjoyed watching Suzanne have sex with other women, of course. Uh-huh. He could have sex with other women in front of Suzanne, but another man was not to touch her. Oh, no. And did not. So, like, they swung. They had threesomes, but it was women only. I just, like, hate him. <sighs> there aren't enough gross words There's to describe not. Not even gonna this try. man. He's just so repulsive, though. I know. 
not I he's a yeast infection. Yeah, untreated. Yeah. For years. Weeks. Years. Yes, years. He's, he's a yearly yeast infection. And now he's isolated Suzanne and he has financial control over her. He sends her out onto the street to uh, get sex workers to bring back so that he could have sex with them and he could watch Suzanne. He could take pictures of it. I'm also he getting. He really um, loved to photograph everything. I'm getting uh, Jeffrey Epstein vibes as well. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. While this was happening, he was also trying to get her noticed publicly for modeling. Now, South Africa had a singing competition called South African Idols, and he had her audition even though she can't (laughs) carry a tune in a five-gallon bucket. She was modeling, not singing. However, she made it to the second round, and she cannot sing at all. So shame on them because they picked her solely because of her triple E breasts. Right. And Those things can't sing, okay? No, they cannot. And if they could, they're baritone. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yep. So, but it did work to get her into the public eye because all of a sudden the media starts getting wrapped up in the fact that she's a lawyer, but she looks like that and she's dressing like that. Yeah. You do not typically see a lawyer dress in provocative clothing and up to no. trying to go after a modeling career. So it was right after the Idols competition where she made it to the second round that she was dubbed the Advocate Barbie I by the media. See. That makes sense. And this is just so gross to me. Uh, the uh, Dirk and Suzanne went on a television interview with ex-Big Brother winner for, uh, Ferdinand Roby. I don't remember him at all. I don't think but, so, no. Um, during this interview, he the interview started with Suzanne wearing a lawyer suit, but it ended with her stripping her clothes off and wearing nothing but a bikini, and the host did nothing but stare at her breasts, openly lust after her, and even went as far as signing one of her breasts and then asking Dirk's permission not her permission, uh, Dirk's permission oh, nice. to kiss her other breast. Oh. All on camera. Wow. So she, oh gosh. It, I know you're going to tell me things that happen that are going to piss me off, but for sure. Like at this point, like she literally is not even her own person. She's just no. Dirk's property. He's made her into the sexual protege that he can basically like tell her whatever she's going to do. Right, right. I will say this interview made the Bar Association open a case against them. They saw this and were like, wait, uh-uh. you're representing the profession like this? They're like, no. Mm-hmm. Now, at this time, remember there is still a PPO out against uh, Suzanne's parents. So her mother knows like she can't talk to her. She can't get to her. So she goes to the press and and kind of like piggybacks off the way that they're getting this media attention and that the Bar Association is opening an investigation against them, she takes that time to go to the press and say, "Um, my daughter is being controlled and manipulated by this man. Well, Suzanne replied by doing her own interview by saying that she's never been loved by someone as much as Dirk and basically turning it back around on her mom like, I wasn't ever loved as a child and got attention as a child. And so 
this is, I'm not being controlled. I'm enjoying this. Uh. At this point in time, this is going to shock you. It probably feels like, even though we've been here for about an hour, it probably feels like this has been going on for years, right? Yes. Like I haven't, I purposely haven't really mentioned time frames other than it's 2001. I feel like we are 300 years in, 25 implants later. Yes. Close. Several nose jobs, that sort of thing. It's only been a few months. Oh, wow. At this point in time. That's crazy. This has all happened over weeks and months that she changed her body immediately and that, that he insane. had full control over her. Oh my gosh. You know, that guy could have chiseled his autograph into her breast. It is so firm. It was very firm. We could have had a, an engraving. I think they just used a Sharpie, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, that's an option as well, but Also, wow. keep in mind, Dirk is still married. He's still going through a messy divorce over assets with Elsie. Wow. That's how short of a time frame we're talking about in that he hasn't even sorted the divorce out yet. This escalated quickly. Love bombing. Yeah. And now you can see why her family was so concerned so quickly. She meets this dude. She moves in with this dude. All of a sudden, she's changed everything about her appearance. She is unrecognizable. People who knew her before did not recognize her. She changed so much in a matter of weeks. That's crazy. And unfortunately, their sexual interactions became more intense as Dirk had an affinity for watching Suzanne, this is trigger warning, put various things into her body. And he would also take the pleasure of doing this as well to her, such as a pistol and various vegetables. Whenever Dirk was angry at her, she would literally go get a vegetable and penetrate herself with it to distract him. Oh, wow. Let me go get the cucumber because he's pissed. That'll make him feel better. If that's what you're into, cool. But to have to do that as a, as a way to deflect his anger... I guess there was no talking uh, about the situation. No, no. There are many photos of what appears to be an unconscious Suzanne with bruises. She's wearing a dog, co- dog collar around her neck. She testified that many times when she woke up, Dirk would tell her, trigger warning, that he had dogs, his dogs, lick her genitals while she was unconscious. As I said that, my dogs walked know, into the like studio. <laughs> What timing? Oh, my goodness. Automatically started going by Suzanne Prinsloo, claiming later that Dirk convinced her that they were common law married, even though there had not been a legal ceremony. This was really not accepted in court because she was a lawyer, after all. Right. And she would know that they are not common law married after a matter of weeks. Nevertheless, she starts telling everybody that they're married and that she is Suzanne Prinsloo, and she knows that he's still married to Elise and that that divorce isn't final. Mm-hmm. So that was just one of those like weird, weird things. Um, Lori from the book Shattered Lives, she only worked for Dirk a very short time. And actually, she said that he, she was having some legal things of her own that she needed help with, and Dirk was actually really nice and helpful with those things and did that for her. But he saw the other side of her 
or of him, excuse me, as well. And she said her and Suzanne became very close because there'd be times when Suzanne would come to her, to her crying, talking about how battered she is. She would confide in her the horrible treatment that Dirk did. And then the other thing that Lori talks about in the book is that, yes, there was the battered Suzanne side, but then there is there was a very dark side to her. There was a dark sexual prowess. She liked having a hold on men. She liked having the women stare at her. And it, this is when she was describing in the book about the, you know, the rush that she was addicted to. She, Lori saw that darker side of Suzanne too. So that's why it was so conflicting because it's like she's unhappy and seems to, seems to be mistreated by Dirk. But at the same time, there are, is an aspect to it that she's really enjoying right. and really liking. Right. Um, she decided to leave uh, her job as Dirk's PA when the couple started to try to groom her sexually. They gave her lingerie for her birthday and attempted to get her to try it on for them. Wow. So she resigned that day. But she did stay friendly with them because she did photography touch-ups like on the side. And so they would send her photos for her to touch up. And they were very explicit photos of Suzanne having sex with other women with oh God. and with Dirk and photos of, of both of them with other people. There's one that she talks about specifically that she saw a photo of both of them lying next to each other in bed. And there are two redheaded young women at their feet rubbing their feet now these these redheaded women are naked and Dirk is appearing to be masturbating and that is what the photo was that she needed to touch up I love that they send these for editing like we want matte finish yes um vibrant color vibrant colors yes yep yep take that blemish off my face yeah and my asshole please enlarge my penis because it must be terribly small right (laughs) just no offense to any man listening that has a small penis if you know what to do with it it's fantastic but I'm telling you this guy did not know no he didn't he just took what he wanted Mm -hmm. because he felt entitled some way yes absolutely unfortunately as she's touching these pictures up Lori did not know at the time that these two redheaded girls were underage I was afraid you were going there yeah this totally Jeffrey Epstein yes yeah it's awful so much so she did Lori did want to help Suzanne escape Dirk. And after she did the touch-up photos, and she was a little concerned here, she had a conversation with Suzanne about, you know, like, hey, you know, I'm seeing some negative media attention because the reason that Lori has started touching up photos is because um, one of the printing places that they had been sending their photos to, well, one of the workers there... Made a couple extra copies for himself. Oh. They some, somehow those copies got confiscated from a couple of teenagers at a local high school. And then they were somehow sold to the media. And they were leaked. I see. And it wasn't great press because we've got two lawyers and these are horrific photos. She's got a dog collar on. And if this is what you're into, that's awesome. But the problem is, is that it's supposed to be private for people and it's now become public right. and, it, and it's taboo. You know, 
the the biggest issue with some of these photos is the fact that she clearly looks unconscious. Like she, one of the things that we find out later, Dirk likes to drug and rape women. Oh my god, I hate and this so guy so much. It's that it's that concerning stuff. It's not even the fact that like clearly they're into kinky sex. Awesome, that's cool, but when it's consensual, for sure, exactly. That's it's not appearing to look consensual. There's a lot of young people in these photos. It is just doesn't look good at this point in time. At this point in time, Lori is like, this is a perfect time. I can bring this up and try to like, you know, see. Well, Suzanne's reaction was, there is no bud- bad publicity. It's all good. She liked the publicity. Yeah. She appeared to really enjoy that. It's okay if he drugs me. NBD. Another one of the PAs did end up testifying that randomly Suzanne brought a picture of a naked child up to her and told her to look at it and then seemed to be really giddy and excited in the fact that this child looked like her niece and it really disturbed the PA. I'm really freaking disturbed right now. I told you that we were going to go back and forth here. There's some pieces about this that make all of us probably question uh Suzanne's involvement right anyway so disregarding that it's a child being exploited she's just like oh my gosh this looks like my niece and she (laughs) and she seemed really excited the PA was disturbed because Suzanne seemed to be excited about the likeness there was a sex act being performed on this child in that photo a young child and she just showed it to her like it was no all right that's it I'm done it's done so at this point in time, the media is pretty obsessed with how strange, you know, and crazy sex life that these two yeah. lawyers are having. No, sorry. Yep. Was that photo, like, at one of their events? Was this, like... Oh, this photo is from Dirk's house. Okay. Yeah. It's just uh, all of them. One of their just, parties. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Now we're going to uh, get into some of the crimes before we end this episode. I will I'll talk to you about some of the PA, a little bit more about the PAs and whatnot. I'm going to start with their crimes where most of the coverage starts because it is one of their their PAs. Her, her name has been changed because she was a victim of Dirk Prinsloo. Um, so we're going to call her on the, uh, in the media, they call her Mersha Jacobs, but that's not her real name. Uh, she was... Uh, the PA for Dirk just before Lori was hired. She lasted seven days uh, before she was forced to perform oral sex on Dirk. She went to the police. She was given an exam. And the doctor did put in those notes that there was no question based on her emotional state at the time of his exam and the, the state of shock that she was in, that she had been assaulted. For that, he knows. But the physical exam did not render any evidence because of the nature of the sexual assault. Yeah. There is, yeah. There, there's no physical evidence on her. So, of course, it turns into a his word against hers. And this man found out of course, that she had, um, when she went to the police, the police told her she had to go to the doctor and get an exam. But the police made contact with him in the meantime. Dirk fucking called the doctor himself. And 
tried to get the doctor to tell him exactly what Marsha had told him and had the audacity to demand a copy of his medical report. Oh, my gosh. All of which the doctor refused to provide. Thank you. So what do you think a narcissist like this is going to do when he knows that he's being investigated for assault? Probably run her name through the dirt. <laughs> he filed a false claim of theft against her. God. Why do why do I know oh, narcissists so gosh. well? Gosh. Wow. Yep. yep. Now. I'm so shocked. Oh, my God. This guy, I need him to not he, be here anymore. <laughs> go back to the lair that you came from. The spawn. pulsating slimy egg mm-hmm. that you hatched from. Yep. No, uh... To make matters worse, so he claims he filed a false claim of theft of 10,000 rand against uh, Marsha. But to make matters worse, Suzanne even filed her own statement of agreement to what had happened, saying that there there was the 10,000 rand missing from the house and that she was there for the sex acts and they were consensual. He is in the photograph of like the definition of narcissism mm-hmm. but like extreme like yes. the narcissist extreme like, version uh, yes the on monster energy energy drinks yes. version that just never seems to sleep it's just a constant per- perverted state at all times heightened yeah he's like the extreme there's so much wrong with this man so much so after marcia rihanna brink was the pa for um Actually, after Lori, I already told you Lori's story. She only worked for a few weeks uh, before she left after she was being sexually groomed. Now, Rihanna Brink was the PA after Lori. Rihanna knew Suzanne from from before Suzanne met Dirk. All right. Literally, Suzanne opened the door when Rihanna went for her interview. And Rihanna did not recognize Suzanne. I bet. But Suzanne recognized Rihanna. So she was like, oh, Rihanna, it's me, Suzanne. And she was like, no, it's not. I like, Get you know, out of here. You're not. Because prior to looking like the Barbie that Dirk made her into, she was a very plain looking woman. She was just a normal looking woman. Right. Now, Rihanna was actually the, the longest PA to last because, unfortunately, Dirk did kind of have a hold on her, and I don't mean that in necessarily a negative way. It's that Rihanna was actually caught up in a really bad custody battle. She was recently divorced. So not only was he helping her legally with the custody stuff, but because she was involved in a nasty custody battle, she needed a job and a home and a way to pay for that home right away to prove to the court that she was fit. Uh, so she sustained the longest, honestly, because of her own situation in that she couldn't lose her job how horrible to be in that situation where you feel like you have to stick it out with this yes person yes and um rihanna was actually the one that suzanne showed the photos of the underage children oh my gosh yes and having things you know done to them and uh what an awful place to be she also testified to the fact that one day suzanne was like you know what dirk's gonna pay for us let's go get um, bikini waxes and manicures and pedicures. Dirk's going to pay for it. Like, let's go have a girl's day. So she 
um, she went along with it. They got a full bikini wax, all that stuff. When she came back, Dirk was like, well, I want to see what I paid for. Oh, my God. And literally, Suzanne just drops her pants and shows Dirk, you know, her bikini area and then grabs Rihanna's and makes Rihanna show Dirk her vagina. And she's like in she was trying to say, like, she just pulled it down, you know, like just a little bit to just show the top and not actually show her whole self. Um, I just couldn't I couldn't imagine. Couldn't imagine. No. That happening. But then Dirk started taking advantage of her in that he would strip her paycheck of money that he said she owed him for mistakes. Just one small example and um, is that Dirk accidentally ran over one of his dogs and he instructed Rihanna to take the dog to be cremated. Well, she covered the dog in a duvet. She took the dog to be cremated in a duvet. And when he got, when she got home, he asked where the duvet was. And she's like, well, I mean, it was like, it was with the dog. It was cremated with the dog. He took $400 out of her paycheck to cover that duvet. Oh my God. Yep. So she. Oh my my God. I can't out with this guy. I know. He's, it's making me so mad. There are, there's. No, this is your fault. So I'm taking money from, from your check. From the dog that he ran over. The other thing is, is that he told Rihanna he would, she had to be available to him for work 24-7. Now, the first weekend that she got her kids, he purposely made her work all weekend typing out stuff that was not urgent that could have waited until the next week, and she missed an entire weekend with her kids because of him. But she had just got custody of her kids, so she couldn't quit her job. Otherwise, her ex would have used it against her that she didn't have a job. This is a stronghold. You know, this is where he knew Power he and had control. her. Yep. He yep. knew he had her. Oh, this motherfucker. And so, I don't say that much. Oh, I know. I do. But, this but you don't. Oh, it's, it's the worst. The absolute worst. Uh, there has got to be a special place below hell. Because, I mean, hell. For narcissistic for abuse. Like this, absolutely. Yeah, for men like this and even women like this. I shouldn't even say men. I apologize. For, for humans that are like this. There's got to be something deeper than hell because hell is too good for them. It is the damage that it does. It's very possible that Satan is kind of like, hey, guys, don't blame this one on me because I'm not even this much of a douche. Yeah, Yeah, even Satan's like, guys, come on, give me a break. Let's be reasonable. I didn't do this. Yeah. This wasn't me. I, I do feel like he look no. as, looks at Dirk's Prinsloo and is like, Ooh. I will o- I will openly share. I have been down the, the road with a narcissist. Right. I will tell you, once you know what you're going through, you'll never be the same. Mm-hmm. You're stronger, you're better. But when you're going through that, it's one of the most damaging and most painful things that you'll ever experience. Mm-hmm. Like if you've never been through it, you don't understand um, when you hear the term narcissist, if you haven't been through it, it's it's probably a light term, but oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very triggering when you've been through it. But mm-hmm. this is like... To a different level. It's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. And when you add money and power into that, yeah. it's, it's so scary. It's the worst kind. That's for sure. Well, Rihanna did resign, and he started stalking her. Then... When he wasn't getting anywhere with that because she had family support to help her, um, he filed a false <laughs> charge of theft against her, said that she didn't finish paying him for some furniture that he that she had bought off from him. Yep. 
Can we also add how textbook it is? Like these behaviors oh, are so absolutely. textbook. And, you know, in the book Shattered Lives, they talk about like it's such a perfect name for that book because in Rihanna's case, she lost her vehicle. She couldn't afford when she lost her job. She couldn't afford her vehicle anymore. So she loses that. I mean, it, it's it's just so sad the way that he affected so many people's lives. For sure. Uh, in early 2002, they had a friend named Samantha. Now, she actually did work as a PA reluctantly for Dirk. It only lasted one day. <laughs> but she knew the couple because she worked at a photo print shop. And so she had seen some of their photos that they brought in, and she knew them from picking up and She's dropping She's like, I know off. those tits anywhere. For sure. Exactly. I know those boulders. <laughs> yes. Oh, gosh. So she didn't want to, but they were friendly with her. So she's like, okay, well, nope. She quit one day as soon as Suzanne had to give him a blowjob, you know, on his lunch break in front right. of her. She was done. But they still Good stayed. for her. Yeah. They did still stay in contact, again, because of the Photoshop. I mean, she's, th- she's still working Always there. Always with the Photoshop. Yeah, and he's a customer, you know, so they're still in friendly. We're still friendly. One night, the couple invited her over for dinner. And the next thing that she knows, she remembers from what she remembers from that night is Dirk and Suzanne kissing and fondling her. But it turns out that Dirk had drugged and raped her. Oh, my gosh. In court, Suzanne later claimed that she had no idea that Samantha was drugged and that it had been Dirk that had made that drink. Now, they did one shooter, one shooter before she was, like, gone. So Suzanne knew that she she knows someone isn't that far gone to the point where they're passing out if after one, one shooter. Yep. And she believes that it was Suzanne that actually made the drink okay, to begin so with. Okay, she, so mm-hmm. she knew. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nice try, sugar yep. tits. <laughs> I get that she, I don't discredit she's a victim in this, but there's also this involvement with it too. In this situation, Amber, this is where I don't believe her. Um, She knows that Samantha was unconscious after one shooter. I guess this is where I struggle. Yes, she's a victim, but that does not excuse just because you have no sense of who you are a sense of self-worth, like, it does not excuse you right. for taking horrible criminal activities. criminal acts yeah. against people. And that's where I struggle with this. It's like, would she have done these things on her own? Probably not. Right. Most definitely not. But at a certain point, just because you don't know who you are and you never had that chance, maybe, it's unfortunate, but you still... You still had choices. You still had choices. Still had choices. And Samantha believes that it was Suzanne that made her the shooter because she left and came back with them. So okay, well there we go. You know, I, there we go. No, there's there's culpability here for sure. Um, and this is where I'm going to end part one because we're going going to pick up in part two with crimes against children. So this is what we know, you know, thus far that it was adults that he was drugging and raping and wasn't enough though, nope. obviously. And then we escalate to children, and it, we're just into early 2002. They met in 2001, so we're still, our timeline is still so small here, realistically. But, okay, do you want a brain bath? I do. How'd you like that hitting the (laughs) microphone, too? 
give you a brain bath and a slap and in the a microphone. <laughs> um, how about one that was sent to us from a listener just today, which I was like, perfect. Brush off the press. Timing. It's, oh, and she actually lets me know. She's like, I'm Brittany from Michigan. Well, hey, Brittany. Brittany from Michigan. Hey, girl. I'm Charnel from Michigan. That's Amber from Michigan. Nice to meet you. And thanks for listening. And thank you for this brain bath because this is amazing. She said she actually sent this article and said, I was driving down to Indianapolis and I drove past a billboard for Uranus Fudge Shop and General <laughs> Store. I am so happy she thought of us. Me too. This is the mark we've left on the world, Amber. Uranus foot. Oh, crime curious. <laughs> I'm so right. honored. Uranus fudge shop and general store. Who would appreciate this? The crime curious gals. Yeah, I love it. So they have a website, you guys, called UranusGeneralStore.com. <laughs> so good. They sell T-shirts. Okay, you open up their web page and it says, if you want to be famous, you have to show up Uranus. <laughs> That's just um, great. I love them. Then when you scroll all the way down, it says, what are you doing all the way down here? Get up there and buy some stuff already. <laughs> Did we write this? I feel like this is like, you know, can we be friends with Uranus Foot Shop? Perhaps because if anybody's ever looked at our website, we have things that there's, they have a little thing that says keep in touch. Well, ours says reach out and touch us, but gently please. Yes. <laughs> we did have a lot of fun with our website because we didn't have to be like professional with it. Um, one of their t-shirts is Uranus Gas and Lube Company. We pump it in the front and lube it in the rear. That's wonderful. Oh my God. Um, I might need a t-shirt. There is, of course, the Fudge Packers Union. <laughs> there's an emblem for that. I like we're just like giving free advertising for this, but Absolutely. it's too it's too great. Uh, straight out of Uranus. There you it. go, Uranus Mortuary. We bury them deep in Uranus. <laughs> Is that god. a T-shirt? That's a T-shirt. Oh my gosh, great! Property of Uranus XXXL University. Your head's already in Uranus. You might as well learn something. Can you imagine the meetings, the campaigning meetings? <laughs> for sure, the marketing meetings. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah, the marketing. That's what I meant. Yeah, so there's a whole a whole thing. Now, it really is like a fudge shop. Fudge shop and general store. They've got T-shirts. This is they wonderful. Fudge from Uranus. Um, oh, they also have, these are the two links. All fudge from Uranus or just bunny-shaped fudge? <laughs> Probably <Love> for <laughs> Easter. <laughs> I love it. Oh, and it's just very bunny shapes there's not even anything weird going oh, that's on that's adorable there. yeah that's cute little bunnies i would eat that yeah, absolutely even straight from, from a, uranus straight from uranus fudge shop why not and oh. their slogan is we love to pack your fudge I so you sweet do. you know this shows me there's still good left in the world today yes there is good humor there's all check out that website buy something from them i mean you gotta so I think I might buy some fudge just to support them because they're so oh yeah willing to just be out there with Uranus. Absolutely, I want a T-shirt. Yeah, so there you go. We could take a picture and uh, tag them in it. I think. we will. It will happen. Thank you, Brittany from Michigan, for yes. thinking of us <laughs> when you saw you. the Uranus billboard. <laughs> a sentence I never thought I would say. Nope. 
but I'm damn glad we are. When we set out on this podcast journey, that's not how I thought we would make marks on this world. No, but, but here we are. This is life is leading us. It is. So straight to Uranus. <laughs> Oh, God. Okay, if you're a Patreon, hop on over to part two. If you're not, sit tight for a few days. Hope you have some great few days. Or go become a Patreon. Oh, hh- oh hey, yeah, you could do that too. CrimeCuriousPatreon.com. We have a lovely group. We do. Oh, I do want to put a note out there, everyone. Um, The Facebook group that is titled Crime Curious Facebook Group uh, Patreon Only that is only if you are a Patreon member. So you have to sign up on Patreon.com to be a member before you can be in the group. Yeah. So yep. that's that's one of the Patreon perks. And uh, we and have fun in that group. Speaking of perks, another perk is when you sign up and you come into the group, you get a customized welcome gift. Amber does love From to- yours truly. <laughs> <laughs> she handpicks the gifts. Every single one of them. Yep. And, and you get a warm welcome into the group. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to miss that. That's very true. She does enjoy that part of her job. <laughs> <It> keeps me alive. <laughs> All right. Until next time, everyone, take care. Keep listening. Keep it curious. Bye-bye. Bye.